0: Hello, uh, this is Ron Miller. Uh, I'm one of the two teachers for our adult Bible study class um, at Cash Baptist Church. Uh, Nene Whitehead is our other teacher, and she's going to teach our Sunday school lesson today. There are four of us gathered around the table here at church today. Besides me, there's Nene uh, and Pastor Todd and his wife, Joe. We're sitting around the table in the WMU room at the back of the sanctuary. Pastor Todd just finished recording his first message in the series, The Eight Days That Changed the World. Recording a Sunday school lesson is something that is totally new for us, so you may have to bear with us a little bit as if we stumble and fumble. But the truth is, the message that we have for you today is so great that it's hard to mess it up. The message is about God's great love for us, If you like what you hear in this recording, maybe you would consider joining us in person when the COVID-19 threat is over. We have been studying the amazing book of Romans for the last four weeks. Paul starts out by making the case that we were all hopeless sinners. The law of Moses couldn't save us. The law only served to reveal our sins. And the Jews and the Gentiles were all in the same category as sinners. This was the bad news. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We can't be good enough to reckon ourselves reconcile ourselves with a holy God. But now the good news. We can be justified with God by our faith in Jesus Christ. Today's lesson has some really good news for us. And this great news is very timely for us as we live through these scary times. Paul says we can rejoice in our affliction, and this gives us endurance and character and hope. How can this possibly make any sense? Rejoice in our afflictions? Then Paul tries to explain God, God's great love for us, but God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, we didn't have to get our act together and be good enough to please God before he was willing to send his son to die for us. He performed this great act of love just so we would have the opportunity to claim our salvation. I'm going to open us up with a prayer, and then Mimi is going to break down this good news for us in more detail. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to please help us clearly and accurately explain this message that Paul had for the Roman Christians 2,000 years ago. For the Christians who are listening to us, who already know and believe this message, may they be blessed and encouraged in these scary and trying times. For those of you who have had trouble fully believing in this wonderful message in the past, May you come to totally believe in the great love that God has for you. May you fully believe that you can rejoice in your afflictions because of the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that you will cover this recording with your grace and that it will be a blessing for those to hear it. Lord, we know many prayers are being lifted up to you during this time of crisis. Prayers for health, safety, wisdom, and courage please answer these prayers according to your great wisdom, love and compassion. We ask these things in Jesus name. amen. amen.
1: Okay we're, um, our lesson today is in Romans the Romans are, we're in chapter five um, and we're, the verses are 1 through 11. the name of our lesson today is at peace. And before we get started, I just want you to think for a minute about what is peace? You know, what is peace, especially uh, in light of our situation with the COVID-19 virus? We all seem to be um, out of sorts, and there's not a whole lot of peace that we see around us in the media everywhere. So uh, just think about the idea of peace in the uh, Webster's Dictionary. It says it's a state of tranquility or quiet, freedom from civil disturbance. And then in the Baker's Evangelical Dictionary, it says it's an absence of civil disturbance or hostilities or person personality free from internal and external strife. But the biblical context of peace is larger and that it rests heavily on the uh, Hebrew root sim, which means to be complete or to be sound. So think about those and think about where you are in these times, um, do you have peace? If you do, it is probably because you have your peace in God. But if not, why are you fearful? You know, cause a lot of the fear, the peace, the lack of peace we see now is because of fear. And what are we afraid of? Are we afraid of the virus? Or are we afraid of death? Because so many times in our culture, with our advances in medication, our um, age of death has risen so much that I think death for us is something we want to put out of our heads and push ahead uh, and not really face it. And maybe that's what this is all about, is that we are trying to, you know, God is trying to get us to stop and all the noise and busyness going on and think about, um, you know, our mortalities and where we are. Um It it is a fearful time if you look at the global effect. This this is not a local or even a national um, threat. This is global. And the exponential growth has everybody uh, quite afraid. And then even though the death rate in the United States for 20 between the ages of 20 and 54 is um, a little less than 1%, the death rate in Italy is 10%. And it's hard to really get a grip on it because the numbers are so distorted. You don't really know how many people have even been tested. So you've got probably a lot more people that are positive that you don't know about. So it's a lot of unknowns, and we don't like unknowns as human beings. So I just want to – something that I read from John Piper. He said, all natural, natural disasters, whether floods, famines, locusts, tsunamis – or diseases, or a thunderclap of divine mercy in the midst of judgment, calling all people everywhere to repent and realign their lives by grace, and with the infinite worth of the glory of God. You know, maybe it's time to think about that, um, as human beings. You know, where are we um, to think about our place and where God is in our lives, and what we need to do to get ourselves aligned in the in the correct way, um, and should we fear the COVID virus more than sin? Think about that as as a race. We should be a whole lot more afraid of sin. You know, there is no cure for sin other than, you know, we we know that um, that there's death involved. Um, and that death, even on those are who are believers, the death is Christ. He died for us, you know. So we know that non believers die with that, you know, they're physically, spiritually, but even as believers we have death associated, and it was Jesus Christ's death that saved us. Um, and also death to our self, we want our self control. You know, we are given our the death of our um, own selves to giving that up to Christ. So, you know, there's still death on all sides, but thank goodness for us, you know. We are alive in Christ and something to be so grateful and thankful for and to give him the glory. So just things to think about as uh, before we go into this lesson. Um, the let This uh, book has been called The Greatest Letter Ever Written and what we've been through so far, and there's so much more for us to see. So just um, so thankful and grateful to have it uh, for us to look at. Another little thing I I came across was many in our society are looking for inner peace, even if we don't know it. Um, We seek it in all kinds of the wrong places by indulging ourselves in every manner of vice. Some seek it in relationships, others in monies, and others in fame or power success, but these all fail. The issue is not inner peace, but peace with God. Inner peace is a byproduct of peace with God, and that's kind of, You know, where we're going with this lesson is talking about being at peace. I'm going to read through the verses. They're 1 through 11. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our afflictions. Because we know that affliction produces endurance, endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we have now been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from wrath? For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, then how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? And not only that, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. So it's just some really good things to look at here. And um, at the bottom of one of our pages in our book, it says, Justification brings the believer into a relationship of peace and favor with God. And that's Galatians 3.13. And let's just talk really briefly before going on talking about uh, Justification. Why is it necessary? It says our sin and alienation drove us from God. It made us enemies of God. And also, the justification is because God is righteous and holy, and he's angry with sin, and he um, will impose his wrath on sinners. Why does he justify us? He justifies us because of his son, Jesus Christ. And how does he justify us? When we trust Christ, God takes his faith and counts it. For our righteousness. So, just some basics about um, justification and uh, what a blessing it is. Um, And that's what Paul is, this lesson is about the benefits of that justification. We've already learned that faith has always been God's standard for justification. Anyone who put his or her faith in Jesus and his work on the cross would be justified in God's sight. That was the cause of salvation. And in Romans 5, Paul turns his attention now to the effects of justification. He pointed out that the chaos caused by the first Adam has been replaced by the peace produced by the second Adam, Jesus Christ. Because we are at peace with God, we can live at peace with one another. So let's just look at those first five verses, uh, justified with benefits. Again, I want to briefly just run through them. Therefore, since we have... Been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through and by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance, endurance produces proven character, proven character produces hope. And this hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And we have five benefits in in those five verses right there. So let's um, get into those. As you notice, he starts us off, therefore, as he's changing from talking about, um, you know, it's our faith is what has caused our justification. And therefore, because of that justification, then these are the benefits that he is going through. And you notice he changes from um, a pronoun in there, now he's saying we, whereas before he was dealing with you or they. Um, and that's because now he's talking specifically to non believers in this. So that's the, the difference there. And our very first um, benefit is peace. It says it includes the absence of conflict, but it goes farther by emphasizing the completeness or, or unity um peace with God but again see where that comes from is through our Lord Jesus Christ um and the uh, that benefit uh, besides is not only um we have to consider not of God but that is with God you know that's how how it comes because sometimes peace um, it is peace with God, not of God, I'm sorry. Because sometimes our inner peace is not what we're talking about, not our tranquility, our self-peace. Um, we're talking about, you know, that that thought within us um, that everything is right because the wall between us and God and the enmity has been taken down so that we know that we can have complete trust in him as we experience that peace. Um and then another, the other benefit that it goes into after that, because of that, we have also obtained access through him by faith um, into the grace in which we stand. So um, access that get, we have that opening, we have we're able to treat him as a father because he is no longer angry with us. So uh, what a blessing that is! We can go to him at any time; it doesn't matter when or where. Um, he is our father. He is our peace. Um, he welcomed, welcomes us to him. It says the our peace with God means sense and knowledge. Um, our relationship is restored and, uh, we're free from the wrath and judgment as well as free from fearing his wrath and judgment and that we're now pleasing to God and at peace with him. And of course, again, that source of peace is Jesus, is Jesus Christ. And that's how we have come to that place. Um, and the access to notice also that it says where we stand. You know that's an interesting thing. As we come to Him, we stand in His grace and His presence. We're not bowed down because He has forgiven us. So He um, sees us as His child. So we um, he, have, He's removed our guilt and our shame, and so we don't need to hold our heads down or grovel about it. We can stand in His presence, and there's such a difference with that. You know we can feel protected and that we are, you know, we're accepted in his sight. Um, and then not only that, we can we can rejoice in our afflictions. And that is something that, you know, especially at these times that we're going through, I think that's just such an important thing for us. Um, but we have to remember, too, that justification does not take the afflictions away. We as Christians know that we will have afflictions. We can pray not to have them, but... Um, we will have them, and but we have to understand that there is a reason for them. That's the difference in how we look at it. I thought there was a good comment in our um, references. It says, in a sense, this is a specific category of suffering reserved for believers as God transforms them into his likeness. So you, know, you can kind of think of, these were for me to make me better. You know, there's a reason for them. They're not just random um, in life. There's a reason for every tribulation that we're exposed to and helps us to be able to accept that and to deal it, deal with it. Even when we suffer, our new relationship with God gives meaning to those challenges. We can rejoice in affliction because they recognize the hand of God at work in those hard times. Um, it talked about, you know, we sometimes, you know, say, uh, tell others or have others tell us. Oh, you know, get some backbone, get a stiff upper lip. That—that's not the kind of things that we're talking about. These are real effects of afflictions. We can feel them within. It's you now somebody couldn't see them, but we know them innately and in, in our bodies and in our hearts and minds. Um, it notes initially that it's talking about endurance, and I love the fact that they're kind of. Uh, talking about the athletes and how they work in the, in the gym. And this is kind of like the God's boot camp for us. Um, that, you know, you go in the gym and you work out. Um, you do, uh, you know, the weight and the strength and the endurance uh, conditioning. Um, but if you go in there and do the same thing every day, nothing, you're going to get to one point and you never move. You never advance. The only way to get, uh, strength endurance strength training is you increase your weights. You keep getting stronger. You keep working on it. Um you can't just stay where you are and be happy with that if that's what your your goal is. So um that's what God's boot camp is for us as as far as that endurance. It says the hard times we experience build spiritual muscle that helps us endure and move forward. And you can see that as you go along. Um even though it's something that um you may not bulk up terribly, but you know it within, with your own, in your own heart and mind. You feel better and you feel stronger. Um, endurance produces character. Um, it, the Greek term translated character carries the idea of something being proven through a trial or hardship. Our renewed character brings us then back to hope. But um, character is such an important. Um, attribute for us to have, um, we all need, especially as Christians, and I think it's taken so lightly in our culture right now, but, you know, we all, that's such um, a gift to us and something that we need to work hard to improve on all the time, um, and again, one of those things that you don't see on the outside, but it's an inward thing, uh, and as you deal with others, they will recognize it in you. Um, And then when we're talking about coming back full circle to hope, it said this is not a pie-in-the-sky optimism. It is a deeper sense of peace and trust that God has a plan for our present and our future. And I don't know that you've felt that yourself, but I think I have, um, is that sometimes you go through things and, and then somewhere along the way you look back and think, oh my gosh, you know, where I am now, if I hadn't been here it would not help me. I wouldn't be able to stand where I am. So um, those are just things that we all go through in life. But we we see those, and they're just such blessings as we go along. We recognize that. But that's that. Um, you know, he's helping with us with those afflictions. He's helping us to get through it. And it's to make us a better person, a better Christian, to make us more like him. It said that the, uh, we all have disappointments in this world. Um And sometimes they more produce despair. But the hope God produces in our lives through affliction, endurance, and character doesn't fall in this category. It never disappoints. And I love this. It always meets us right where we are with exactly what we need. And is that not so true? Um, It just er, everything about it, you know, the afflictions. Although we don't like them at the time, obviously. But they are truly good for for our souls. Um, The other thing, too, is that... um, that we have to think about this verse. I always like to relate with that, Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for the good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. You know, that helps us to see again, you know, there's a reason that we have things happen and it's for our good. If we can ever, eat, despite as bad as things may look and seem, if we can ever just get that in our hearts and minds and realize that there's a reason, there's a purpose and he has our good in mind. He is um, looking after us, although it may not feel like that at the time. Our afflictions lead to hope, which gives us a keener sense of his love for us. So all those afflictions, despite what we feel negatively, they're his love. He's showing his love to us. Um, and it will not fail because it is built or it stands on his love. And that is a gift. You know, the love is a gift from him to us. Um, and is poured out in us through the work of the holy spirit again which he gave us you know when um and he told us he was leaving leaving us with the holy Spirit. And, and um sometimes we tend to ignore or or just not try to note that in our lives but um he is a the spirit is a guide and will direct us in the right way helping us endure hard times to grow stronger in our faith and i think that is just you know, our comfort needs to be there. You know, we may not have God physically with us, but we have that spirit in us. And the closer we draw, draw to him, the closer um, he draws to us and helps us through all the hard things. One thing to remember, too, also is that, you know, the what we gain in um, in the trials that we have it's not for us to gain self-confidence in ourselves, because so many times you things you do, you're becoming confident in yourself. Like you could go in the gym and you know lift weights and all that and think I am great, but this is not what we're talking about. This is to build our confidence in God, not our self-confidence. So we have to be careful about that. Um, we have to look at where that you know where it comes from. And It is a gift. It's not something. We we have done is something he's given us, and it is to help us help make us better. All right, there was some, those next few verses are justified through through his death. Um, five six through eight. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, that justification again is not something that we did. It was, you know, Christ died, justified us through his death. Um, it talks about it at the right time. And we see that, um, and we've heard this before, that, um, you know, at that particular time it says there was relatively... P- relative peace in the Roman Empire combined with common language um, and a general curiosity about religious ideas. And that's what created a perfect historical environment. But it also um, means, too, that men were actually prepared at that time. They had learned that they were weak. They knew they were ungodly. They had the Old Testament um, and the laws to show them their sin so that they recognized their sin. So all those things came together, and it also makes us wonder why, Lord, you know, right times, we look back then, and then we look now, and we just know that any time, you know, we're, why isn't this the right time? Maybe this is the right time. You don't know. What is this virus? Because you see what's happening can happen so fast. So just really things for us to think about. It's not when I, it's not when we want it to be the right time. It's when he chooses as the right time, and it's not for us to know. But it is it is for us to look around, at what is around us, and to pay attention and to be ready. Um, he died for the ungodly, and I, this uh, next verse: For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person someone perhaps might even dare to die. Just think about that. I'm sitting here thinking, I don't even know if I know somebody that would die for a good, you know, perhaps. You know, that's giving your life up. I mean, you hear about people, children giving their kidneys or organs to parents or siblings or something, but I can't imagine, you know, giving your life up for a family member or somebody that you love dearly. But God put this on a whole nother level. This is... The agape love that we hear about is, you can't understand it because it is beyond our comprehension. Um, he died for us while we were sinners, which is just amazing. I mean, it's, uh, he, he died for us and, and, you know, willingly wanted to, to save us. Um, really hard for us to understand. Um, And it's quite just incredible. Um, Something that we need to try to wrap our heads around because we need to be so grateful for that. Um, And you try to prove things. You know, you talk about the proof thing. What about that proof? You can't, I mean, we, we still can't comprehend that. But, I mean, that is proof beyond, not just a reasonable doubt, that is proof beyond anything. That we know or can imagine, but again, should we? We can't ever doubt his love, knowing that.
2: NeNe, that mm-hmm. makes me um, think. I have a thought there that you know? It says, "While we were still sinners, Christ died for us." Really is reiterating that salvation is in God. It's mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. that we do. That's right. The only thing that we can do is accept it in faith believe in it, in faith, like Abraham, the example that was in that last lesson. And really, the only thing we can give to God is our sins. That's all he asks us of Mm -hmm, us. Exactly. You know, and that's what he's saying here. While we were still sinners, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Christ died for us. Yeah. You know, it's not that we have to clean ourselves up and then come to God. No. He says, come as you are, give me your sin, and if you have faith in my son... I will declare you righteous. Mm
1: -hmm. It's incredible. It says sometimes people are tempted to think that they have to get right before God will accept them. But Paul is clear, we don't have to become good enough. Besides that, we can't become good enough. Instead, God took the first step while we were still at war with him. Even though we were still sinners, living under his wrath, Christ died for us. I love this comment. The benefits of justification are great, but the cost was great as well. God gave up his son for us. Something that we must never forget, that sacrifice. If we ever wonder about God's love, the cross is all we need. And that is so true. So, so true. Um, Our next verses are justified equals reconciliation. And this is 9 through 11. How much more then, since we have now been declared righteous by his blood, will we be saved through him from wrath? For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, then how much more, having been reconciled, will we we be saved by his life? And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation." So again, that um, justification begins and ends with God. I mean, this is all what He did, nothing that we that we did. Um, we have been declared righteous by His blood. We have, we are saved from the wrath that was ours. And notice it says, "Since we now have been declared," it isn't like you know, okay, you're good down the road or whatever. It's now. Now, Which I think we tend to not um, really take that to heart and live it. But it is definitely for now. And that's why we need, And again, those tribulations, which is when we need all this that we're going through in these trying times. Um, but we should delight in him because of that. We should rejoice in him um, when we recognize what he has done for us. We've been given an opportunity to begin a new relationship with God through the death of Jesus. But reconciliation involves action on both sides. We must accept God's offer by faith. If we refuse, the relationship remains hostile. You know, something for us to remember. It's a choice. You know, you can just let it hang out there, but you have to make a choice somewhere, sometime, somehow. You have to make a choice. Um... We're saved from the consequences of our sin by his death, but we're saved to walk in holiness through his power working in us. We can never repay his grace and love, but we can live differently, and that's what we're charged to do. You know, we need to after what he did for us, that's the least we can do for him. And not only that, to exalt in him, to exalt in him, to glorify him in what he's done. It says salvation does not make us perfect. Christians still sin and miss the mark of God's design, but that does not change our standing. Christ is still our substitute and we are still righteous in God's eyes. Paul said that's reason to rejoice. And again, joy makes our witness to the world much more effective. Just think about that. You know, as we're going with this not the COVID nineteen only, but you know how Christians react, we react with joy. And one thing that on this lesson that's been so comforting to me is to know that, you know, there was something I read about. If a, um, somebody came and saved a family from a burning building, they rescued them. They're not going to just leave them on the street and not feed them, clothe them too. You know, if he saved us, he is not going to just leave us. We are. He is going to uphold us and be with us and take us to the end, You which is exactly where we want to be. Says that based upon the redemptive death of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse eleven concludes by pointing to the exaltation which the Christian has in God. If our sin and God's righteousness caused us to avoid God, as Adam and Eve hid from him in the garden, the death of Christ took away this fear because justification produced peace with God. The life of our Lord now causes us to delight in God and in his presence. Now we boast in him as a result we find God himself in our great our great reward, and all this has been accomplished through the cross of calvary and all this is the result of justification so just you know precious words things for us to remember um, as we move ahead in these times and that we can share with others and hopefully those around us will see how we handle it and will ask questions and want to know more so again um Our peace with God results from being declared just through faith in Jesus. God demonstrates his love to us through the sacrificial death of Jesus. Believers are saved through faith in Jesus now and forever. So again, one other thing that I thought was kind of cute, I'm going to just in closing in this, and then we'll end it with a prayer. But it said, there's an old riddle that says, what direction did the polar bear look when he turned his head to the right, to the left, and when he looked straight ahead? The answer in each case is south. He was standing on the North Pole. It's something like this with the term we find in Romans 5, 1 1 through 11. What does a Christian see if he looks back, if he looks ahead, if he looks around? Reconciliation. Looking back, we realize that the death of Jesus has changed our condition and our heart. We've been reconciled to God, and he has transformed us from enemy to friend. Looking ahead, we see an endless future in which Christ stands by our side till ultimately we stand by his His throughout eternity. Looking around us, we find that we experience joy in serving Jesus, and we have a now experience of the reconciliation as well. So, you know, we can rejoice now and forever, you know, in that, and what a blessing that is. Okay? Todd, you want to close this?
3: Oh, Sure will. Now you can understand why each week uh, we have our uh, announcements and invite you to be a part of our Sunday school hour and uh, so thankful for Ron Miller and Nene Whitehead and the good teaching. And let me just say if this has been an encouragement to you going through this lesson uh, I know word gets around town pretty quick and so would you encourage others to uh, partake in this Sunday school lesson that we have online for everyone and uh, that we'll go through this great book of Romans. So foundational. I, I hope that you've seen some of that in this lesson, but uh, we've been covering it and there's more to come. And so that's why we'll, if we cannot meet as a Sunday school, uh, in person, we'll do it online. And so thanks to Ron and Nene for doing this class and Joe being here. Let me close with prayer, shall we? Father, we thank you. So thank you for making it possible to have peace with you, that we're reconciled to you through the righteous Lord Jesus, that he went to Calvary's cross and shed his blood, the currency of reconciliation to you. We we learn in in, um, Hebrews, without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. And Lord Jesus, you did that. You paid that price for our sin, even while we were far off and still sinners. And thank you. Uh, for that. now we pray for those hearing this lesson today. It's easy to look at the news and to be anxious and worried, but Lord, we know that you have this. You are accomplishing your great purposes, and that we can have peace uh, in this in our circumstances. But we pray, Father, that the peace of God comes from peace with God, and that that part of that peace comes from surrendering to you, giving up our own righteous our what we think are good deeds we need to surrender that to the blood of christ and it's not because of what we've done but because of what you've done that we can be made right with you we thank you for the peace of god the grace of god that uh, is uh, given to us and appropriated by simple faith and trust in what you've done. Thank you for uh, Nini's preparation. Thank you for Ron's uh, coordination and getting this done. So Lord, help us to be your people and joyful people in spite of the uh, circumstances around us. May we be your people. May we be your church at this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.